Chapter Fourteen of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, January two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts at Upper Norwood. In a week from that horrible day, Grandpapa and I were on affectionate terms again and living in furnished apartments at Upper Norwood near the Crystal Palace events followed each other with such bewildering rapidity now that i have a difficulty in remembering their correct sequence after grandpapa's brutal threat i felt my liberty and even my life itself began to be in danger so that night after a silent dinner i waited until he went down to the stables to smoke and then sending hastily for a cab put one box which i had already packed into it and drove away to salisbury i caught a late train to town and lodged for the night at a little hotel near waterloo from here next morning i wrote to grandpapa giving him my address and telling him i was as ready as ever to help him and fight for him if he needed me then i went out and sold a brooch for five-and-twenty pounds and bought myself a bottle of brandy i want to hide nothing in this narrative of late my nerves had suffered not a little stimulation was the only thing that steadied them i took more and more of it three days later grandpapa turned up at the hotel he had shaved off his mustache was very frightened and cowed and said the police were after him he insisted on our changing our names and getting off quietly into lodgings without delay he studied an a b c railway guide and said that upper norwood was a respectable sort of place where they wouldn't be likely to look for him not until we were settled in furnished rooms halfway up gypsy hill and had ordered lunch did he explain what had happened then he told the story the day after you bolted i met old talbot and his lawyer about a settlement i talked rather big and suggested fifty thousand then the brute of a lawyer said after he had heard my name how odd there is a gentleman i have been wanting to find for the last two years nearly and he is called daniel dolphin like a fool and forgetting the man he wanted must be years older than me i lost my nerve and the lawyer saw that i had is an odd name perhaps a relative he said the gentleman i mean used to live at chislehurst you will be doing me a kindness if you can tell me anything of him instead of simply answering that i had never heard of the man i replied that he was my uncle how exclaimed the squire i thought you had no relations but your mother then i tried to explain and bungled it i'm growing so damned young and silly now and finally the matter dropped but i could see that lawyer meant getting the truth out of me later on i arranged the settlements and so on and gave them a list of my imaginary investments which of course i just picked out of the money columns in the papers then i wanted to marry at once and get mabel before they had time to find out my game but the squire said he wouldn't hear of it till the autumn that wasn't good enough so i saw mabel and told her a yarn or two and worked on her love for romance and finally got her to run away with me you needn't jump the plot fell through 
she weakly confided in a lady's maid i saddled my horses myself and rode out at midnight to abduct her in the good old style i waited at a certain point by the priory walls and presently she arrived but hardly had we galloped off i meant to take her to salisbury and marry her before the registrar next morning when we were confronted on the plain by squire talbot and half a dozen mounted bounders he'd got to help him the squire collared his daughter and left his friends to deal with me they tried to take me prisoner but i'm pretty fit just now and pretty reckless too i was mad to think they'd scored off me like this and i hit out and knocked one chap off his horse after nearly strangled another and fired my revolver at a third i missed him and shot his mount when they found i was armed they cleared off it was an exciting old-fashioned skirmish and i enjoyed it while it lasted but of course there's the devil to pay i rode into salisbury put up my horse at an inn dodged around all night and took the first train up this morning the bobbies were prowling around at salisbury station but they didn't recognize me i'd cut off my mustache in the night and looked not more than eighteen in the morning the lawyer of course wants me for marie rogers and talbot will want me and the chap whose head i broke will want me and the man whose horse i shot will want me let em want this is the beginning of the end grandpapa i said sadly enough not it you wait and see what the next six months bring i shouldn't wonder if i was in a tight place six months hence this is nothing i'll make some of em squeak yet before they've done with me it was in this wicked and reckless frame of mind that he prepared to spend the remainder of his days however he rested from his labors for about six weeks notwithstanding his boast to make people squeak he read the reports of his performance on salisbury plain with great delight and he found as the matter developed that sundry unexpected names appeared in it daniel dolphin was wanted by the representatives of one mrs bangley brown to whom he had promised marriage a man of the same name had performed a similar action at chislehurst the victim in that case being miss marie rogers it also appeared that some impostor calling himself viscount dolphin and claiming royalty for his kindred had met and proposed to princess opskipshoff in paris these were all different persons of different ages the newspapers admitted but they might have a connection with the vanished rascal of the talbot priory business near salisbury there was a mystery of some kind and the police naturally had a clue grandpapa gloated over this confusion he had changed his name now to abraham whiting another prophet and another fish as he put it but he longed to go back to his true cognomen and keep the pot boiling this with difficulty i prevented him from doing for a short time his monetary affairs were much simplified now he had about three thousand pounds in hand in notes and gold all the furniture and horses and effects at salisbury were sold and what monies were not claimed 
under legal and other expenses went i believe into chancery but grandpapa had about three thousand pounds left which as he said would last his time with care his moustache did not grow again to any extent he took to wearing a straw hat with a bright ribbon a blue and red blazer white flannel trousers and tan boots thus attired he spent much of his time in the crystal palace choosing undesirable friends at the different stalls and growing blue devils under glass as he tersely put it End chapter fourteen